Hey everybody, um, today I want to, us to think about the love of God. I know it's a broad topic, uh, far-reaching, but it's also simple. God's love toward us. And I'll try to set up the conversation um, more specifically here. Uh, here's what Paul says in Romans 5.8. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So notice that word shows. It seems to be mostly translated uh, as something with a beginning in context with the verse, right? Uh, Christ died for us, right? Uh, but it's still something that is ongoing. He shows us his love because through Jesus' death on the cross, right? He demonstrates, he commends, he proves it's, it's a going forward also. It's a love that keeps on going. God is always showing his love for us every day through Jesus as seen in the message of the cross. Uh, using a plant analogy, all right? Jesus is the root that not only gives us new life at salvation, but he supports and nourishes us in every way from, from then on right? So Paul said this in Romans eleven eighteen, the last half of that verse, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. So when we're just dangling there, barely drawing nourishment from the root and are mostly trying to sustain ourselves with our own strength, we're going to be sick, right? Um, we're not going to bear good fruit for the Lord. So today, more specifically, I want us to think about what is the difference between us being motivated by God's love for us uh, throughout the day, quickened by Him, versus us living life by our own stubborn, self-made man guttural fortitude uh, and, and our ability in ourself to love God and to obey God. What's the difference between being motivated by God and motivated by ourself? Um, so is this ever a problem for us uh, in our Christian life, in our attempts to have victory? have joy. I mean, there's a lot of talk about mm, us being intentional as Christians, and that's good, but is there a way that we're sometimes intentional in our own strength? Um, and, and then in another way, we're being intentional in God's strength. Uh, is there a difference? How can we know which mode we're in? What do you think? How does it play out in, in our life? Or, or how do we even get back on track of being supplied by the root? Um, we uh, touched on the, the plant analogy. I think what is underneath is important. If we put the foundation of a house somewhere else in its building process, it's going to crash to the ground. And I, I think the same could be said as we live our life thinking about the love of God. What came first, right? What is the root uh, of our new life in Christ? Um, 
What I'd like for us to do is to take a look at two of Jesus' disciples and uh, see what we can learn from them about how to walk through life, keeping the love and mercy of God in, in the forefront of us as our motivator instead of our own self-made determination to, to, uh, to love him. All right. So quickly, the first disciple I want us to look at is the Apostle John. He wrote this, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. That's what we've been talking about, right? His love is the root. Um, uh, John also quoted Jesus, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. That came first. Here's another, very insightful. Um, 1 John 4, 10 and 11. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also we also ought to love one another. So um, so God's love is the root that feeds and nourishes us, and by it we love God and love one another. Here's the thing I want us to get. You know, um, when we first responded to the root of God's love through Jesus. It was by grace through faith, right? It was not of ourselves. It was not because of any smart we had. It was not because of our deeds, not even our will. Uh, Romans 9, 16 says, says that much. And, and, and now, guess what? After our initial salvation, there's no reason to think that the principles of the kingdom of God have changed. We still walk in God's grace through faith and not of ourselves. And God still shows, he's still showing us his ongoing love that he made possible through Jesus and the cross. We often may face seemingly impossible tasks in life that would zap the strength of any man um, in relationships home, at work, um, in a thousand different ways, right? But because of what Jesus did on the cross, his love supplies our nourishment and strength and joy day by day for the rest of our lives, second by second, by grace through faith. So as we close out looking at John, get this, I think it's great insight for us. Um, it's what John focuses on when he speaks of his personal relationship with Jesus. John 19, 26, and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to, his, to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So, so that was Jesus on the cross speaking. Um, for a long time, um, the first thing that would pop into my head when I read something like this was, it seems like John is being arrogant. I mean, he refers to himself as the disciple whom he loved, right? Whom Jesus loved. Um, I mean, surely Jesus loved all his disciples, not just John. But I think I get it now. <laughs> John saw his identity as in being loved by Jesus. And now I think like, 
Man, that's the way we should face life every day. Have faith that Jesus is and will be showing his love to us throughout the day. All right, but again in John chapter 20, after the resurrection, uh, beginning with verse 1, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. Um, then after Jesus restores Peter in John 21, 20, we see it again. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. <laughs> so uh, this was John, uh, right? Um, he was writing about himself. Uh, so, so he found his identity in, um, in being the disciple that Jesus loved. And that's who we are as well. And we just can't afford to forget that. All right, I think we can kind of do a blitz through Peter's responses to, uh, to God's love and see what he can teach us. Uh, of course, Peter's sin was um, like laid out open and bare throughout the scriptures. It's good, right? Uh, more so than, than John's was. But we also see Peter's repentance laid out in how over and over he, he runs back to the love and the mercy and the grace of God. And that's one thing I love about men and accountability, right? They open their hearts, they confess their sins one to another, uh, they run back to the gospel, like Peter did, over and over. A great example for us in our sin. And one thing that's really interesting to me is that Peter seemed to have good intentions in a lot of his sin, but um, his failures came when he relied on his stubborn, intentional self-will uh, like we talked about, to live for God. I think it was his old self-righteousness reasserting itself. And often I think it's the same for us. All right, let's look at uh, a few of his fails and, um, and how he reacted, right? Um, when walking on water, Matthew 14. He was doing good, right? He was trusting God. He saw the waves and what happened? He kind of did a lateral shift from from best to worse uh, from trusting Jesus to relying on self um, but when he began to sink he he called out to Jesus love and Jesus mercy and Jesus grace and he was saved and so there there it is the the ongoing grace through faith after salvation then um, when Jesus predicts his own death, how did Peter respond? Well, um, with good intentions and his own self-embodied wisdom, he rebuked Jesus um, unknowingly and maybe with well intentions, the way we might all do, he dismissed the cross, which uh, in essence would be rejecting the love of God, the way that God manifested himself to us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, so Jesus responds, how? He says, get behind me, Satan. And um, I'm sure Peter ran back to God's mercy in this. Um, just six days later, Jesus takes him up on the Mount of Transfiguration and shows him his glory. 
So that's a great thing. Um, so later on in, in John chapter 13, right? At the Last Supper, before Jesus went to the cross, um, Jesus wanted to wash Peter's feet. And what happened? Um, Peter said no, right? <laughs> he said, you shall never wash my feet. Well, that's pretty, pretty clear. He had good intentions, you know. Uh, he was thinking, man, I don't deserve it, maybe, right? But, but Jesus instructs Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And again, I mean, even when we have good intentions, we are, when we rely on our own wisdom, uh, we are in this self-righteous mode, and we miss out on walking in the love of God. Uh, we must keep His mercy and, and His grace in the forefront of our lives every day. Um, by the way, Peter submitted, and, and he told Jesus to wash him all over. But, but Jesus said he only needs to, to, to wash his feet. So there's so many more fails by Peter, and of course, there's that big one just before Jesus' crucifixion. Um, he told Jesus uh, something like, though all forsake you, that he never would. Uh, uh, seemed to be saying that he loved Jesus more than the other disciples. And, and again, I think he was speaking from his own stubborn, self-made man type intentional fortitude. Uh, but if we live our lives like that, we're going to become like the plant that's barely hanging on to the root, or the root is hanging on to us. But still, we, we lose our strength and our health and our joy and our worship of God fades into the background, and we become numb to the things of God. So we've all, we probably are all experienced um, that kind of a burnout to some extent. But when we run back to, uh, with faith to God's love and his mercy, the joy returns, right? It's living out the gospel every day of our life. So back to Peter, he, of course, um, denied Jesus three times. He failed, but he ran back to Jesus. Actually, he swam back to Jesus. John 21 says he swam 100 yards. Uh, so that's the length of a football field. Wow, that's amazing. And he repented, and Jesus comforted him in his love. But, you know, Satan never gives up, right? And right away he tempts uh, Peter to be jealous of John. Uh, we already read that scripture, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And, and then later Paul mentions another fail of Peter in Galatians 2. And the way Paul handled it, he, he preached the gospel to Peter. He seems to have like pounded it and pounded it and punched it and, and just repeated it over and over to the apostle. Yeah, Peter, this, this one who walked with Jesus and preached at Pentecost, so many were saved. And if Peter needed the message of God's love through the cross every day to live victoriously in, in life, so do we. So in closing, I'll just say, hey, every day, may we have faith in God's ongoing love shown to us in Jesus through the cross. And let's bank on it. Let's open our eyes. Let's ask God to open our eyes to see more of it the rest of our life. Unpack it. Internalize it. And, and be like John and Peter 
let's let's find our identity in the fact that Jesus loves us second by second and, and keep on running back to his love. Father God, thank you for your word today and help us to internalize this, Father, into our lives and remember it and keep it with us the rest of our lives as we go forward to your glory. Uh, in Jesus' name.